Welcome to the Gospel Revealed Podcast. My name is Michael, your host and teacher. Here at the Gospel Revealed Podcast, we teach the Bible faithfully. And this is for you to understand the Bible so that you will know God and know His Word. And this brings obedience as you walk with God. We are still on the Gospel of Mark and we are at chapter 3. The last time we see Jesus healing the man with the withered hand, showing that he is the Lord of Sabbath. But then that caused a problem where the Pharisees and the Herodians plotted to kill him. But then Jesus' response was to withdraw from that. The question is, why did he do that? Was he scared? Well, this is what this message is going to tackle. Let's go over to the message. We continue our series on the Gospel of Mark, and we are now at chapter 3, verses 7 to 12. And this point of the Gospel of Mark is almost a, a summary of what we've looked at in the previous verses. We've seen Jesus casting out demons, showing that he is God, healing the sick, calling people. And we are at this point now where we're going to see similar activity. Isaiah was one of the prophets, the Old Testament prophets, that spoke many things about Jesus. And one of the things that Isaiah spoke about Jesus was that he was a faithful servant of God. But also Isaiah wrote some songs about Jesus. One of the songs you'll find in Isaiah 42. But let me read verse 4. It says, It will not grow faint or be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his law. He's basically saying that Jesus is the faithful servant of God. Isaiah tells us about this king who will come, but at the same time, this king is the suffering servant. Jesus is that faithful servant. Israel was supposed to be the faithful servant of God. But this this king, this faithful servant is gonna suffer unjustly to save his people. He will bring salvation to Israel, but at the same time, it will be a light to the Gentiles. He will also save the Gentiles. And in our previous message, we see the increasing hostility between Jesus and the Pharisees. And that has come to such a boiling point that they've decided to connive to kill Jesus. But Jesus will wisely and faithfully execute the plan of God as his servant. So let me read Mark 3 verses 7 to 12. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea And a great crowd followed from Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and Idumea and from beyond the Jordan and from around Tyre and Sidon. When the great crowd heard all that he was going, they came to him 
And he told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, lest they crush him. For he had healed many, so that all who had diseases pressed around him to touch him. And whenever the unclean spirit saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the son of God. And he strictly ordered them not to make him known. So like I, like I said earlier on, Jesus, um, in these verses, we, we notice some sort of similarity, things that we have encountered. And so Jesus here, we see him withdrawing from the plotting of the Pharisees and the Herodians, as we've discovered in the last um, message where Jesus healed the man with a withered hand and the Pharisees and the Herodians plotted to kill him. You see, that was a Sabbath day and Jesus healed the man. And because of the healing, they thought that Jesus has done something evil. But the irony of this is, is that these people who accused Jesus of being wicked, they are the ones who were plotting to kill him, to do the most evil thing. They were collaborating. The Pharisees were collaborating with the worst of sinners, the Herodians. But then, as we can see this all event that was going on, it's, it, it appears that Jesus was backing down. But that's not the case. What Jesus was doing, he was following the divine plan, the heavenly timetable. The father and son has agreed that the son will come to save his people and he will do it at the right time, not when people wanted to kill him. And so here Jesus strategically withdrew from them. But also let's notice that at the back of the healing of the man with the withered hand, on Sabbath day, People came from all over to see Jesus, to be healed. And this is a further vindication of Jesus being the Lord of Sabbath. The people came to be blessed on the Sabbath. Not the usual burden placed on them by the Pharisees. So this must have really irritated the Pharisees. The truth is, Israel was God's chosen son. They were supposed to be the light of the world. But now the true Israel, Christ, the only begotten son, has arrived. And the presence of God of the Lord came. And there is a verse in Isaiah that says that the light has dawned. And those living in darkness have seen a great light. And that's the case here, that the presence of of the Lord, the one who is the light of the world has come to save and to heal people and to release them from darkness and oppression. The Lord's servant Jesus is establishing a new Israel and he preaches the gospel and he restores people's lives. And we see the, the folks outside of Israel from these surrounding cities coming to see Christ, the light of the world. And so Jesus withdrew and he healed the people. But also he shows his authority over 
demonic opposition. Firstly, the demonic hostility started with the Pharisees as they plotted to kill Jesus. That's demonic. It's demonic in the sense that those who are part of a false religion, the Pharisees, they basically claimed that they are pleasing God. But actually, they've rejected him because Jesus is God in the flesh. Their external religion is a million miles away from the true worship which comes from the heart. They were self-righteous rather than being poor in spirit. Jesus says in Matthew 5, 3, that blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is a kingdom of God. The only way you can enter the kingdom of God, when you come to that conclusion, that realization of your true self, that you have nothing of yourself to give to God to please God, none of your morality or your self-righteousness. The truth of you is that you are spiritually bankrupt and that's the realization all of us to come to and that's how God grants salvation. But that wasn't the case for the Pharisees. They are self-righteous people and they have external religion and they need to realize their wretchedness. And that is... The only way they can know God and be saved. And so they were opposed to Jesus. This demonic opposition was through rejection. But then we have the other type of demonic opposition. Verse 11. And whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the son of God. So the Pharisees rejected Jesus, but the demons recognized Jesus. What the Pharisees missed, the spirits are right in recognizing the Son of God. But it appears, according to the verses, that they were sort of worshipping Jesus. The truth is, it was a recognition to undermine Jesus. So when they are declaring Jesus is the son of God. They're basically trying to undermine Jesus in a way that that Jesus is actually associated with demonic spirits. If you remember somewhere in the other gospel, I think it's the gospel of John, that the Pharisees accused Jesus of having demonic spirits. And it's sort of what the, the, the demons were trying to achieve here when they're proclaiming that Jesus was the son of God. They were confessing and their confession was in despair and antagonism, not worship. They are so against Jesus and also they're fearful that Jesus has come to get rid of them. But the time has not yet come. This is all the strategy of the devil to undermine the work of God, the son of God, the faithful servant. And in this instance, he used a different strategy. Whilst previously the, the, the devil used the strategy of the Pharisees rejecting Jesus, but in the case of the demons, they recognized him. But both were in opposition towards Jesus. It was just that it was a different approach. But Jesus is king. Jesus is God. And what was his response? 
towards the demons, it was a stand restraint. The Lord's servant was on a mission and the devil and the demons would not hinder his assignments. Not a chance. Absolutely not. So why did Jesus restrain them so sternly? Why did he not just let them reveal who he is, that he is the son of God for the people to know, for the people to see, and maybe for the Pharisees to be convinced that he is the son of God? Listen to a quote from Sinclair Ferguson. It puts it really well. It says, the son of God had come to be the savior of men by living and dying as the suffering servant. He would only properly be understood and trusted when that dark side of his experience was appreciated. If people thought of him as the son of God or even as the redeemer without learning how he would redeem, they would never really know him. That is so true. Jesus wanted people to truly know him. And many of those people that came, their purpose was for physical healing. But the point of those healings was to show that Jesus is God who came to save and to grant spiritual healing, which is the greatest healing that you and I need. Without spiritual healing, we will be eternally dead, separated from God. And so if you are listening to this, you don't know Christ, you don't know him. Put your trust in him, repent of your sin and put your trust in him. He's the one that came on our behalf. He died in our place and God raised him from the dead. He's alive today. Faith in him, you will be saved. And so Jesus wanted the people, he wanted us to grasp the cross of Christ and the scale of it, what he cost the father and the son. On the cross for eternity past, God and the father has lived perfectly together. But for once, for the sin of the world, the father cannot look at the sin of the world. He poured his wrath and judgment on Christ. And Jesus, when he hung on that cross, he cried out, Father, why have thou forsaken me? That was the time for once the father separated from the son. And all of that because of those who is going to rescue from their sin. But also we see the glory of Christ and the glory of God. So, so far we've seen the son of God as sure that he had authority over people, diseases and demons. Yet still the leaders wanted to destroy him. See, the evil of the devil was to undermine the plan of God. But the faithful son of God walk with his father as he will clearly reveal his identity at the right time. We'll see how this all is going to play out. And that's the whole point. This is a build up up to the cross, but it's not going to go according to the devil's plan or the Pharisees or anyone else. It's going to go according to God's plan. And it's all over the Bible. So let's fast forward to the day of Pentecost. This was the inaugural sermon preached by Peter on the day of Pentecost, which birthed the New Testament church. It's Acts 2 
22 to 24. It says, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst. As you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, losing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. We've seen the past few chapters, the hostility between Jesus and the Pharisees. And we've come to this point here now where Jesus withdrew from them. That was actually the buildup to the cross. But one thing that you and I should know, should grasp, that this was actually the definite plan of God. And the truth is, the Pharisees and no one else will force Jesus to go to the cross before the set time by God. It was God's ultimate plan that Christ will suffer on behalf of sinners. You see, we see Jesus withdraw and silence the demons. And so you see what was going on there. It is because everything was at play there. God was working out his plan. But then in these verses, we also see the sovereignty of God, the predetermined plan of God from eternity past. But at the same time, we see how the Pharisees and others plotted to kill Jesus. We see the wisdom of God, the plan of God to save sinners, but also the wickedness of man. The plan of God to save sinners through the cross doesn't excuse the wickedness of those who killed him. And by the way, if you reject Jesus, you're basically part of that crowd and the Jewish leaders that killed him. But when you trusted in Jesus, you're actually accepting and, 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 and knowing that you are the reason why God has to judge his son. And so we see this later on in the gospel. And if you read other gospels as well, we see the build up up until how Jesus was crucified. But we see the glory of God there. And those who reject him will suffer punishment in the future. So with all this said, what can we learn from this? What would we do? There's nothing to do. I think it's just stuff for we to know, you know. So the Lord's servant is the eternal son of God. It came to redeem and establish a new Israel. We talk about the new Exodus. He is faithful in his life and walk on the cross. Many of those people came for healing and the Jewish leaders hated and rejected him. The dark world opposed him, but he showed them his authority. Question, how should we respond? Simply, look to Jesus, not for what you want from him, but worship him for who he is. That he is God and King, but also of what he has graciously done 
for us on the cross. And that's what it is. People come to Jesus for physical healing, for what they can get from him. But the truth is, you've got such a big problem. And that's a spiritual problem. So come to him that he is the king and we see him, the faithful servant, executing the plan of God, being wise, being the light of the world. He came to rescue us from our sins because without Jesus, all of us are heading to hell. But that's the good news of the gospel. And because of Christ, him who knew no sin came for us. And so we should rejoice and gaze at the beauty of Christ. And what he has done for us. And let's come to the feet of the cross. When we sin, we have a high priest who understands and intercedes for us. And the Holy Spirit helps us. And that's the good news. And that's this relationship that we have with God. And as a result, we are blessed and we are highly favored. And so let's be faithful to God, the one who is faithful towards us for his name's sake. Father, we thank you that you are faithful. You're faithful because you're covenant-keeping God. You're faithful not because we are faithful. It is because you are faithful. And Lord, help us to see who you are and what you've done for us. And that you are working out all your plan for your glory, but for our own good. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you have been blessed by this message. If you have any questions, please email the gospel revealed podcast at gmail.com. That is the gospel revealed podcast at gmail.com. We now have a new website up and running. It's called the gospel revealed.com. That is the gospel revealed.com. There we have gospel-centered articles that will help you grow in your faith. So please check that out. Please subscribe to that as well. Also, can I encourage you to share this podcast, but also subscribe to it so that more people will hear the gospel message of Christ. Thanks for listening. Until the next time. Bye.